Hello and welcome to the Rare Disease Cell and Gene Therapy Weekly Roundup. I'm your host, Aparna Krishnan. Throughout February, Partners for Access is running a campaign to mark the annual Rare Disease Day on February 28. The 6P campaign is aimed at creating awareness on the impact of rare diseases on key stakeholders and the need for partnership to achieve successful treatment access for patients. The 6Ps are Partnership, patient, policymaker, physician, pharma, and payer. This week, we focus on the payer, who are decision makers, assessing the value of a product in the healthcare system. Earlier this week, I spoke to Einar Andreasen, who is a senior advisor at the Norwegian Medicines Agency. So many thanks for participating in this podcast, Einar. This is a special campaign by Partners for Access, the 6P campaign. And so uh, let's start by introducing yourself. Um, If you could say a few words about what is your day-to-day role? Where are you in this whole healthcare system as a stakeholder? My name is uh, Einar Andreasen. I'm a senior advisor at the Norwegian Medicines Agency. Uh, I am responsible for for HDA health technology analysis of, uh, of new drugs and uh, also a reverse reimbursement decision maker uh, for the national insurance scheme in Norway. Uh, basically, I, I I had done a lot of health technology assessment for rare disease drugs. Uh, these are uh, usually reimbursed by the hospitals. So the hospitals have the, the final decision over reimbursement for these kind of drugs. So in terms of issues that are related to uh, rare disease and orphan drugs, mm-hmm. what issues do you think are the main challenges that are there as a payer in the system? No, I think it's important to to uh, to remember that that the payers are responsible for uh, all of the treatments to all of the patients. Um, so uh, young and old, women and men, regardless of the past health and and regardless of uh, of uh, financial uh, capabilities. So the aim is to bring as good treatments and caring to as many as possible. But this has to be done within a fixed budget. So this means that the payer uh, needs to consider every time there's a, a launched a new drug that some resources need to be redirected to this new treatment. And uh, the consequence of that is is that the payer will use this money on the new patient, but it could have been used on other patients. So, mon- since money only can be spent once, other patients will lose their treatment every time a new drug is introduced to, to the reimbursement scheme. So, we sometimes say that we don't pay for drugs with money, but with the health of other patients. So the payer's concern is that a new drug should bring more value and greater value than the value lost of introducing a new drug. And this has to be done in every single decision making for reimbursement of a drug. 
also for for rare disease drugs. What we think is that it's important that that we we have some kind of guiding principles for valuing uh, this new drug. Uh, Otherwise, this prioritization will be more random. Um, And patients with identical needs may receive different levels of treatment. These value uh, principles should be embedded in the public opinion and shared with public opinion. That would be the best. And in Norway, we we have established these value criteria, and these are approved by parliament. So these are actually then democratically anchored, and, and we find that strength in Norway. But the question is, should rarity bring additional value itself? And this has been a subject to a lot of debate. And, uh, and in Norway, there was a government-appointed commission of experts, and they advised us uh, not to put extra value on rarity. And uh, this may be explained by, by some simple examples. Uh, assume that there are two patient groups with identical needs for treatment. Uh, the, the two diseases are equally severe. Should one of the groups be prioritized to the other based on the population size? Or if one of the groups have a rare but not very severe disease, should it be prioritized to another patient group with high need for treatment? These are questions that need to be addressed and valued in every case. So, however, if the the payers don't value rarity, then why should the pharmaceutical industry invest in treatment for rare diseases? And uh, with small populations, the, the potential return on investment is limited. So the advocates of, for additional value on rarity argue that, that payers need to acknowledge that the price needs to be higher for the industry to have the right incentives to develop treatments for rare diseases. And, uh, and I think many jurisdictions have some weighting of rarity as an additional value for assessing and deciding reimbursement for, for drugs for rare diseases. But then we come to, to the price of the drugs and, uh, and, and also then thereby the cost effectiveness of the treatments. The cost effectiveness tells us how many patients you may treat as effectively. That is, if a patient gained one life year with a new treatment, how many life years would other patients gain by spending the same amount of money? So if you pay for a new treatment, how many life years is lost to other patients? Would we assess three life years, a three to one ratio? For highly severe and ultra-rare diseases, maybe we should accept higher, more life years lost to other patients. And in some of these ultra-orphan drugs, we, we see ratios that are more than 40 to 1. So it means that more than 40 life years lost for other patients for, for each life year gain of a rare disease patient. And this brings tough ethical discussions to, to the decision making. And if we want to have equal assessment in each case, we, we need to, to make some kind of have some kind of guidelines on this. On top of this, it is difficult to estimate the benefit of treatments for rare diseases. 
difficult to perform informative trials. And as payers, uh, we need to acknowledge this. And, and uh, in Norway, we say that we accept less stringent requirements for the documentation of benefits for the treatment. Yeah, so we experienced that the quality of the documentation provided by the pharmaceutical industry is is poor than we see in other other cases where where the, uh, the trials are more informative. It may be difficult and time consuming to find to to find and enroll enough patients into a trial when there are uh, few patients, and also for ethical reasons, it may be impossible to have a control group within the trial. So this means that the, that the data that we are assessing is less informative for the decision making, and and uh, therefore we need some supplement information, and this we have to find from from clinicians and uh, patients. Uh, the new technologies that are now coming in with uh, gene therapy, cell therapies coming in. Do you see the HTA bodies uh, having to, again, reassess their approach uh, because these drugs are being priced at premium than uh, the traditional drugs were? Do you see a lot of dialogue now between payers about this? Uh, these, these new treatments provide a potential of a cure. Uh, and uh, this is maybe the first time we see drugs that do provide a potential of a cure, and they're also uh, only one treatment. So if it works or if it fails to work, it, it's all, all, the, all the costs are put into one, one treatment. And there are obviously uh, financial and uh, difficulties in financing this and not really knowing the long-term effect of these uh, drugs because there are new. If, if they cure the patients, they would no longer need any more treatment. They, they may uh, live healthy, good lives. That is obviously something that, that most payers will value very high. Uh, however, there may be, may be that the effect will not last for as long as we hope. It may be that the health effect of, for the patient's well-being is not as great as, as we, as we uh, believe. So these kind of uncertainties are, are new in this kind of sense and, and also somewhat difficult to handle because they may come very, very, in uh, very, very long time from the decision making. And this is obviously a new new challenge and, and I think most payers are, are concerned with this mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, uh, the cost and uh, and the, the health, cost and the health relation, so to say. So uh, moving on to uh, patient involvement. We've seen uh, patient advocacy grow over the years, especially over the past few years in rare diseases. Where do you see the role of the patient in HDA decisions moving forward? Yes, so, so especially for the rare disease, rare disease area, as I said, it, there are very often little or less information about 
about uh, the disease, about the about the quality of the of the uh, uh, treatment. It, it could be. I think it's. I think it's common for most assessors to to uh, ask for uh, clinical expertise advice. Uh, however, it's not been that common to to use patient expertise. Most countries are now are now exploring this field, and uh, I think it's being more and more common to 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 seek patient involvement in the assessment of a new treatment, especially for treatments where where uh, there are less information from the from the data and the trials that the company provides. And especially in the rare disease field where you have such great variations within the disease, uh, in many cases, you, you will have difficult for the companies to, to find a proper endpoints to, to measure the uh, treatment effect. Are these endpoints uh, really relevant for patients? That is a very important question, and and we need to explore this. And the, I think patient expertise are are the best way to explore this. So so we are looking into this in Norway, and I think we are uh, hoping for a few pilots uh, for this in, the, in this year. How to use patient involvement in the health technology assessment? But I know other countries have more experience, and and also different levels of involvement in the that's wonderful. Uh, thank you, Einar, for uh, participating in our podcast. And that's it for this week. Next week, you will hear from Sanofi Genzymes' Jan Willen Schmitz on the challenges and partnership opportunities that pharma has with rare diseases. For more news and analysis, go to our website www.partnersforaccess.com. Subscribe to our podcast from iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and do share your thoughts in the comment section. Thanks for listening. See you next week.